to this. It's done. What about my ship? You can't just leave her? I have no intention of leaving her, Doctor. I will take the Lewis and Clark to a safe distance, and then I will launch TAC missiles at the event horizon until I'm satisfied she's vaporized. Fuck this ship. Oh, The bioscan just went off the scale. It looks like the core is, is draining power from the rest of the ship. Get the files. Vacate. I want off this ship. You can't leave. She won't let you. You just get your gear and get back on the Lewis and Clark, Doctor, or you'll find yourself walking home. I am home. Now, you can yes. do horror horror in space. You can, yes. We can we had a great argument with a lady on Twitter. Space. I think a lot of people had it. I can't remember. She was a, a journalist for some paper. Yeah. I can't remember the uh, her name or the, I can't remember anything about her really. But um, she was really fighting about how yeah. you cannot do space itself is horror. Space is terrifying. Oh, yeah, it's. I, yeah, I mean, I was trying to th- I was trying to put this into words because I again, when we started to get down to this review, my mind automatically went back to that lady's tweet, which was, "You cannot set horror in space; it has to yeah. be set on Earth." Yeah. Which, you know, it's it's a it's tricky. It, well, it's not a tricky thing if you think about it. We're on a giant ball in a vast, you know, nothingness. And quite frankly, you know, you don't know what's out there. There could be things out there that are, you know, terrifying. Yeah. The, the, yes. Yeah. The fact that the, the universe is what it is and it's not like Futurama where there is an edge where you can go park no. and then see the other dimension. It's just this. We, we, we are. We just are. All right. It's getting very philosophical. We just are <laughs> in this this universe that just is exists all right there's no reasoning to any of it really there's yes the big bang happened but then when you go back to the question of what was before that what was before that what was before like it's not worth talking about but that's why it's horrific that's why it's terrifying just the aspect of space alone and i yeah because you get and this is the thing where one of the simple arguments is you have so with the science fiction genre so i'm a big i love my science fiction you know i i love it I'm a huge fan oh, of like, um, Star who Wars. Are, who are you, Star by the way? I'm T, by the way. Oh, hello, I'm Tom. Welcome back to the Dragcast. This is episode hello. 28, where we will be discussing eventually Event Horizon. Oh. As you were yes. saying, just had to get a little into so, it. Yeah. So, yeah, you can have... Hello again, Carl. What are you doing down there? So, it's interesting how, when obviously this person brought up, you can't have, you know, I guess you would call it sci-fi horror. I guess it's sci-fi horror. In a way. Uh, yeah, but I love Craftian as well. But cosmic um, horror maybe. Yeah. Space yeah. horror. Space horror. Yeah. Um it's interesting, yeah, you kind of space horror, but then you're like, well, you can have a science fiction action film. Yeah. Science fiction comedy. You know, you can have a sci fi romance film if you wanted. Yeah. All set in space, because if you think about it, you could have a space you know, sci fi comedy could be Spaceballs, which is fantastic. You've then got Spaceballs like, is fantastic, action. yeah. Yeah. 
you've got your sci-fi like action adventure with you know like star wars star trek you could have a star wars romance i don't really know any star wars romances um you could combine all three star wars romances sorry you could combine all three with comedic action and romance yeah. with the fifth Gardens element. of the galaxy or oh Gardens yeah fifth the element fifth element the is prime for all of so those categories it it stands to reason that you should be allowed to have sci-fi horror i mean i the one thing i always liked in uh in sci-fi films especially like ones such as independence day was how you had this big like you know extraterrestrial force coming to earth it's like right, you're ours we're gonna have you and yet as soon as they touch down our planet they're like ah water <gasps> and you know they collapse and i sat there and i went there is nothing more you know terrifying than the thought of an extraterrestrial civilization because if you think about it if they could act if they could trans uh what's the word is that what happens? That's not what happens in Independence Day. The water. No, I'm just, I'm just. Oh, no, okay. Uh, the water one was uh, War of the Worlds, where they that was what I was trying to think. Yeah, they yeah. were allergic to water. But if yeah. they could somehow traverse the universe in their big spaceships, hmm. get to our planet, observe our planet without us knowing they were there, I'm pretty certain we would be fucked at that point. If you think about it, if they really had were hostile to us, we would have no chance, and that's horrifying. Yeah, it is, and and this is this goes back to the you know the Voyager one spacecraft that got sent out uh, yeah. decades ago, and it has a message in I think in numerous languages basically saying it's like this yeah. is from it's got Earth. the diagram as well. Welcome, we are from Earth, planet Earth. and so we're we're trying to contact alien life forms or whatever life form that could possibly be out there, but you know not just because of Hollywood, but you know as soon as if if. If there was not an invasion, an alien invasion, if there was some sort of contact that came to Earth from a mysterious entity, all the governments, all the military would be on that rather than oh, yeah. what the Voyager was trying to intend, as in a welcome. We were yeah. trying to contact other life forms. It's like you there lied to be, us. <laughs> you, there would be panic. Our, yeah. Exactly. Our governments would probably crap themselves and go, oh, that was such a bad idea. Because Should it seemed like. It seemed like such an unbelievable aspect to begin with. Of course, they're not. No one's going to get back to us. But what if? What What, what is if? interesting is that if there are, you know, if there is other stuff out there and they can see us, it's interesting because the further away from us you get, the long, obviously, the longer it takes light and you know images yeah. and whatnot to travel. So they worked out that if you were, I don't know, certain million light years away. So yeah. if you were to look at us right now, we would still be in the middle or the start of World War One. Oh yeah. So if yeah. there were if there were alien life, they'd be looking at our planet going, We're not going there. They're at war with each other. We're, no. Well, we the Earth has been at war with each other for since yeah. its existence, you know. But like I I mean if you look at the sun, the sun, every time you look at well, you don't don't do not look at the sun, folks. I you actually don't do looked it. at the sun today. I'm not gonna lie. When I was out You're... driving and I had this big spot, I was like, oh <laughs> Well, don't do that, folks. Don't look at the sun. It no. hurts. But if you happen to glance at it or just pass by, that's the past you're looking at. Yeah. In theory. Everything you look out out in the in the sky is the past because of how mm. long it's taken to get to it. This is a nice little segue. We're talking about speed of light. 
Yeah. This is very good. The reason we're talking about Speed of Light is because of today's film, someone's birthday pick, because we have my birthday pick. This is your birthday pick. And it's one of your top yes. five. You met, you talked about it back in it is. our yes. top five, our personal top five horror episode. Uh, our episode horror. on our personal top five horror films each, which was episode, That's I believe, it. four, five, and six or five. It, it was one of the one early of episodes. Best ones. Go check it out here. In fact, I'm going to try and pin it uh, around here on the YouTube video. Click here and you'll find it. Um, I should probably note that down to remember to do that. And you can go find our, our opinion on that there. Yeah. But we're going we're gonna to delve more into it now. Yes. We're doing Event Horizon. Now, this is this was an early... No, not an early, sorry. This was a late 1990s film. I think it was 1997 that this film came out. And it's an edited version of the film that we were supposed to get mm-hmm. and we've we've discussed this numerous times and we're so annoyed that we never got the director's cut because it was going to be such a, a mind trippy gory body horror flick yeah. but when anderson showed it to his test audiences and i think the studio and family and friends they they all went no you got you cannot show that and he had to heavily edit the film yeah. to the point yeah. where he even admitted he cut so much out that his original view just got lost yeah the studio actually wanted him to take it to pg13 not P, uh, pg14 or or, or tv tv for is pg13 tv14 american ratings are so weird compared to very confusing. english like yeah. uk you got I don't even know if PG still exists in the UK. I think it goes U12A. Oh, uh, yeah. So U12- I think it's U... No, no, PG still exists. UPG, okay. 12. 12A. No, there's no 12. 12A. It's 12A. 12A. Oh, is it 12A now? 12 with adult, yeah. Oh. And then 15 and 18. Simple. Yeah. I feel America has like a U and then a PG-13, a TV-14, NC-17, R-rated. TV-MPA. MP, it's crazy but i think yeah. this would have this would have been r-rated um or oh NC, yeah no, nc17 or whatever and the studio wanted it cut down so they cut so much out of it um this is we must be talking uh before we get into it this is you said anderson this is paul ws anderson's third film uh if you don't okay, know paul ws oh go on get get the ratings in so these are the ratings in i think the us obviously mm. there may be more so you have g for general audiences, which would be R, R, U. Yeah, yeah. PG, PG is the same, so that's fair enough. Although I, I'm going to just segue quickly here. Yeah. I took uh, the Mrs. Kids to see uh, the League of Super Pets yep. a few months ago. Yep. It's a PG film, all right? And the amount of times that they cut out the F word, they bleeped it out of this PG film, it must have been about four or five different times. Like for uh, a bit, so they go. Yeah, so there's one of the characters is a uh, like f- for a quick contest. These are like pets that have been kidnapped by this uh, pet shop or the pound, or they've been sent to a pet shop, and they all get superpowers like the classic Justice League characters. And one of them is a tortoise that can then run really fast, but she can't see anything. And she speeds off somewhere, and she lands in the middle of nowhere, and literally just out of nowhere, she goes, "Huh, where the fuck am I?" And they bleep the F word out. And you're just sitting there going, this is a PG film for children. Who, which writer went, I oh, know, I'm going to stick that in. 
because they then wrote that in the script. Mm. The person who allowed the script went, yeah, that's okay. They then recorded yeah. it all. And it was only after they did all this did someone go, you are aware this is a kid's film, right? Yeah, you're going to have to censor that now. I mean, I PGs like... were... I think mean, I remember PGs in the 90s and 80s especially were a lot more lenient. Yeah. A hell of a lot more lenient. They probably were. But, it's but for nowadays, that's like, very odd. If you're going to just bleep it out, you may as well just, when you wrote it, gone. Just someone just be like, yeah, no, you can't have that in there. No, just put, oh, where on earth am I? Yeah. But there you go. Little segue. Uh, yeah. Then you have PG-13, which I'm assuming is like R-12A. 12, yeah, yeah. This is when it gets weird. You have R for restricted, which means no one under 17 can see it without a parent or guardian. And uh, then oh, yeah, have, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Then you have NC-17 for adults only but then surely you would be 18 for that okay so r is similar to the 15 we have here um nc17 is similar to the 18 we have here yeah but this is interesting because the end the r rated one mm. you can be any age so long as your parent says it's okay so if this what? If event horizon <laughs> was yeah so under 17s require accompanying parents or adult guardians contains some adult material parents are urged to learn more about the film before taking their young children to see it so if this film event horizon got a, a rate after restricted and some you know bobby the eight-year-old went i really want to see it the parent went all oh, right i'll take you to see it they could just literally go yeah i'm allowing him in no that's nuts that's nuts yeah i yeah. i always thought an r was was uh, higher than nc17 18 yeah yeah, yeah. I think that maybe like I think they had one which was like a max, like a a max rating, yeah. Which was basically like, yeah, you this is this will offend pretty much like the South Park. It, this will offend everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have uh, well, I actually have the uh, two disc DVD here, which uh, I've had for quite a while. And this is uh, the UK oh, release, yes. so this is an eighteen. This is so mm. you see there, folks, eighteen, and we've got on the back saying strong language, violence, and gory scenes. So yeah. And it would have been worse. Uh, it would have been exactly. I actually looked up. We'll get to this. We'll get it to a little bit because I have the IMDb page up for Event Horizon and the stuff that this man filmed. Oh yeah, it was so. I mean, they hired. They had to hire. Uh, amp, they hired actual amputees for some mm. of it, mm. and they hired adult film stars mm. to film certain bits. I, I can know which insane. bits, probably. Yeah, yeah. I can tell which bits. It was insane what they, they filmed. And sadly, we may never get to see it, but apparently, nope. apparently, a copy has surfaced which contains the original, the intact film actually has resurfaced in 2017. Someone found a VHS and went, it's got the, it's got the entire film on it. Well, that's the thing. The v when you say VHS, because I watched... Uh... By the way, uh, you mentioned Anderson just before we get into this. Uh, Paul W.S. Yes. Anderson. If you don't know who he is, he directed all the schlocky Resident Evil films. Mm. Uh, this was his third film. Uh, he did an indie film yes. in, the, in a small independent called Shopping First, but then he did Mortal Kombat in 95, yeah, which is a film did. that it's not great, but it has a cult-like following, and I like it because I'm a video game nerd. Uh, so this is his third film, and it's not bad for a third film. It's quite yeah. a good little entry. Um, anyway, we were saying, uh, 
What are we talking about before I start talking about Paul W. Well, he actually has done quite a few. He is quite prolific in horror films. So yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you know, kind of maybe not horrorish, but you did Event Horizon. Then yes, we had Resident Evil, Alien versus Predator. He did Death Race. Oh my God, he did them Three Musketeers. Are you kidding? Yeah, you're you're not you're not painting him in good light. He he's not. <laughs> this is busy. He also did, this. He, he also did uh, Dead or Alive. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all not really painting him in the very oh, good light. No, I take that back. Yeah. Oh, he did a Doom 3 uh, commercial. Oh. The thing you said about VHS that resurfaced. So I watched I watched some of the, the special features on this, which is actually really fascinating, especially the commentary track. And he talks about how the some of the extra footage, not all of it, but some of it is on. Mm a vhs it's only yeah. on video in really bad quality but then i was i don't think it ever got really talked about but there must be negatives somewhere as well of the hidden footage well because everything they, else is in a transylvania yeah. salt mine just rotting away basically yeah they so they do believe that they've i mean uh i can't remember who it was, it was w.s anderson and uh, someone else, I can't remember who he was, but they they travel, they did they as they you know go around the world with their films, they would find copies of Event Horizon, yeah, like they said in random places like a Transylvanian salt mine, and they they take them and they'd be like, okay, right, well we can salvage this part of it, but the rest is too damaged, and most mm. of the sadly most of the footage they've been finding is too damaged, yeah, but there is, it has been. Um, reported that they are making a tv series of event horizon a redo of this film by that... the same studio what's the source on that uh i don't know yet i'm gonna i have to look it up but it's been done by it's being apparently the guy making it is adam wingard who has done such things as I... the Blair Witch, adam wingard Death Note, yeah. and godzilla versus kong yeah he did yeah yeah so uh he also did a film called Autoerotic. Yeah. Oh, I, no, I, uh, oh. He's done some interesting... He's also doing the next Godzilla vs. Kong sequel. So there he you go. is, yeah. Yeah, he signed up for that. So... Okay. What Do you remember what num like, number this was in your top five? Oh, it's... I, I'm probably going to say it was number one. So this is your favourite horror film of all time? My, well, no. But it's my my top five was not really done by my most favorite. It was more by impact that it had on me. You just said it was number one. <laughs> well, I can't remember. My top five is fluid. It changes all the time. All oh, right. But it for when I watched it, I was not eighteen when I watched this film. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a oh, moment mm. because it. I think we were saying before we recorded, it's not scary. It's not that scary. It's, no. It's not. I, I'm. I would say, I would say there are two Event Horizon films: the one we, the one we, the one you can watch, and the one you can't watch. So the one we watch, this one, mm -hmm. I would say it's more sci. It's more of a sci-fi thriller, mixed with a bit of action adventure in it. The one that we, we can't watch, the director's cut, that would have been pure sci-fi horror. If they could have made it, I would say. 
purely yes. for what they wanted to put into it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, it would. We don't. We don't know. We, we're speculating here. It's speculation, yeah. conjecture, that it would have been more horrific and possibly we scary. Got... But I, I think one thing that would have continued throughout, and there's probably going to be a, uh, a continuous trait through both through both versions, is Paul W S Anderson's schlocky inputs, such as slow motion cuts when uh, an explosion or oh, action scene yeah, is happening yeah. when an, uh, an explosion happens and someone dives through the air whoa and then the really cheap uh, explosions are happening behind the character which look like sparklers going off um the yeah. sound effects oh, yeah. sound effects on some of the scenes are really bad and cheesy there's a scene and I, I, I'm getting into this right now since we're, we're talking about the versions. There's a scene where Weir has already been, is already evil. Sam Neill. Face Satan. Yeah. And he's sat in the cockpit and altercation oh, yes. happens. I believe it's Cooper who's outside. I'll get up to Cooper in a bit. I have a rant on him. And oh. basically, um, the window uh, bursts in the bridge yep. and they're, they're trying to hold on for their lives. And as the window bursts, obviously everything's getting sucked out into space. But a, um, I think a canister, an empty canister gets knocked off. And as it's yeah. flying through, it goes, it, yeah, it's yeah. hit inside the water. It goes, boing, 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 <laughs> ting, 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 ting. And it sounds so yeah. comical. The sound, so you add, it, it, it. Paul W.S. Anderson's a very sl- schlocky director. I mean, you look at the later Resident Evil films. First one's good, oh, but they, so bad. they get that. And you look at Alien vs. Predator. It, Alien vs. Predator has yeah. the same, has some slow motion action scenes. He's a very schlocky director, but he sprinkles it throughout his film. You get rid of that, some of those aspects, and you get rid of the, the Hollywoodness of it. I think you've got, I think you could have a scary film. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It, I mean, I when I've watched this for the first time, I, I found it terrifying because it's it's more of a it's more of a film that deals with it's more a film about consequences and it the, the main i would say the main themes of this film is you have uh, effectively your the consequences of playing god which they they mm. apparently do in this film and it goes horribly wrong uh you've got grief there's a lot of grief with these characters these these guys have some major baggage that they're pulling around yeah, I mean, uh, it's about it, it's it's pr- predominantly about their sins and guilts, yeah, them having yeah. to deal with their sins and guilts once the chaos, the the door to chaos slash hell is open and infecting the ship. Yeah, I see. I like that about that's. I, this is what I thought was great about Event Horizon was obviously up. To, I would say probably up to this point, the the big sci-fi horror film would have been Alien and I would say Predator to a oh, Predator's a weird one people don't know whether to class it as a sci, like a science fiction horror film or is it just a, a action horror film or is it just action Predator's weird it's, it's a bit of a tricky one because technically yeah. it, it is a space well, it's not really space it's set on Earth you, you see what I mean yeah. but alright the, the main horror one in space would have been Alien at the time and let's face it, since then, a lot of the horror films that are set in space follow the alien mm. uh, 
uh, what's the word? Template. So the most recent one was Life with Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, and I can't remember, someone else. And effectively they go to another planet, they find something, goes, oh, look, little cool creature, and then it, it effectively follows the alien template. Whereas Event Horizon, you're not really aware of what exactly is happening. And I noted this. So it kind of leads you to believe that, it, is it a parasite that has been brought back from this other place? Is it something to do with CO2 poisoning? Because they drop hints that, oh, we don't have much oxygen, so could we all be hallucinating? Hmm. What was the other one? Or, as they said, you know, the Event Horizon's been missing for seven years in some other place that they don't know about. So could it be the ship is actually alive and going, I'm just going to mess with you? Haha. <laughs> See, I, f I disagree. I feel it oh. does... Um... I feel it does follow alien and aliens to a oh, really? point at some point. It, oh, okay. it has very, it has very, very similar similarities. If you look at it this way, um, in Alien, they, I can't, remember, I can never remember the exact um, point of the crew. Like, what's their job? Are they a salvage crew? So alien? The, I can never so remember what their their, jo US, their, their job is. Uh, U.S. I come out whatever the designate the Nostromo the U.S. Yes, yes. Nostromo is a it's a mining ship. That's it. That's it. And yeah. when they they end up they discover the the alien ship, and then they they yep. explore they find the egg, and they bring the alien back on ship, and oh yeah, you don't see the alien throughout the film, and they're trying to work out what they they see the baby alien, hmm. but then. Uh, death starts occurring and you because you, you don't see the alien, they don't see the alien, you're not really sure what's going on. Aliens they they go to uh, the crew go to visit a colony yep, that has colony. near enough been wiped out no. by mysterious force. In Event yeah. Horizon, a rescue team go to visit a oh, yeah, what is a, is a crew, small colony, I guess, on a ship. Where a mysterious force or what have you has wiped them out, wiped them off the face of existence. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then slowly over time, madness starts to creep in and ensue. Yeah, you, also have the, you also have the main character that, like in Aliens, I, can, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's uh, half 9 p.m. in the evening. I can't remember his name. In Aliens, the oh. main character, who is the business, the businessman who turns evil in the end because he did it for the money. Weir turns evil. Uh, speaking of which, on a, on, no, Bishop is um, the android. Bishop is uh, uh, Hend uh, Hendrickson. Oh, okay, I don't know who it is then. Um, but that, and also the similarities... Uh, when they are in, in in Event Horizon, when they the rescue team are in the Lewis and Clark, which is the rescue ship, and they're yeah. eventually getting into the, the same atmosphere as the Event Horizon, which that changes at points. The Event Horizon is sometimes in the atmosphere of Neptune, sometimes it's in, in orbit, because if yeah, it's I in orbit, that. there there wouldn't be a lightning storm in orbit. That would be in the atmosphere. Oh, so yeah. when they yeah. end up in the lightning storm in the Lewis and Clark rescue ship, very similar to when they are landing in Aliens in the Marines ship. They are flying through a tough lightning storm at night because that 
dark light, cloudy lightning storm always works for intense, dramatic yeah. action scenes. If it was just dark and cloudy, it wouldn't be as exciting. So that that those were my similarities to. It felt like a not homage, but this worked in this film. Let's go with it. Yeah, it. I don't think they shied away from their influences. They pretty much didn't. I mean, no. one of the biggest influences on the film is Hellraiser, uh, to the point oh, where without Clive doubt, without Parker doubt. was a was consulted for this film, so he mm. even gave his input. So and again, I, the director's cut would have highlighted the Hellraiser a bit more, mm. because what we got in this film is very tame. It's it's you can see. I mean, it's when Weir is he's. He's fully gone. He's fully been infected by, you know, whatever is on the event horizon, I guess. You know, he's he comes back, you know, he gouges his eyes out. He, I oh, know, yeah, so he gouges his eyes out and then he comes back. The event horizon brings him back and he's got all the, like, you know, the cuts and things throughout his face, which is very much a Cenobite type design. So you can see the Hellraiser was definitely there when they were writing it. Yeah, there's definitely influence there for sure. Um, I must admit, it was it's when they do the opening scene, and they have the little like 2015 uh, yep. something happened. I was like, cool. Well, we've oh, got, I've got it listed here. I've got it listed here. Like 2040. 2015. Um, I first colony on Moon. 2032. Yep, yeah. They were mining on Mars. And 2040, the Event Horizon ship. Uh, built to research out of the solar system, uh, disappears um, near Neptune and has That's resurfaced yeah. seven years after it's missing, gone missing. Yeah, so we've already not done two of those. So No, <laughs> no. Just like the hoverboards from Back to the Future, which we were supposed to get in 2015, hasn't yeah. happened. So I'm, I'm already feeling thoroughly let down. Oh no, we got we got those shitty hoverboards that have oh, kind of gone did, out of yeah. style a couple of years ago. They were around for a while and then they they went. We gotta now gotta gotta up our game. Don't worry, we've just got dickheads on those scooters now. <laughs> oh. So my one of my first comments was as a film because I yeah. I rewatched this. I hadn't seen it in a few years. Hmm. It's not amazing. But at the same time, it's great. It, it's a really weird statement to make. It uh, like yeah. it, and it kind of goes hand in hand with us saying like it's really not that scary. Um, one thing I feel really doesn't help with it is the poster. Now this is yeah, not the official. This is not the official poster. The official poster gives a, uh, shows it's a really nice painting of a mm-hmm. backdrop of Neptune and the Event Horizon ship. But that's that's not that scary really i mean always space is scary we talked about that right at the beginning but as a poster for a horror film it's not it's not that impactful this i think is much better the this dvd cover which shows uh the event horizon with neptune in the background but in front of neptune as well is the captain the original captain of the event horizon who is dead floating in front of the front window which is i don't know if this was intentional but it's it's like a cross you know it's like oh, he's yeah. been, it, it kind of looks like he's crucified which i guess might go hand in hand with the religious aspect look at that youtube folks yeah there we go that. now that is a shot in the film 
that's an early on shot it, of the, the original captain. So the I would say that the the official poster hmm. would put an image up it that like you said the one there the cool yeah, one yeah yeah it very much reminds me of a an 80s style book cover that's what it yeah. felt like to me yeah yeah that's a good way and of it. yeah I, I like that poster better because I'm I mean I'm a I I read I'm a huge I love the the older style of like 80s books where the covers are amazing you had like a mm. little mini picture on the front you know it was it was about the so it kind of gave you an idea of oh like a little glimpse into what might be in the in the in the pages yeah yeah whereas yeah the the one like you said now on that cover you, you know it's like well is it a religious film is that mm. what it is are we going to those kind of depths i don't know yeah it doesn't really give away much and also using yeah, the, I think they should have stuck with the original poster on the DVD cover because at least then it would match up. Because there is another version, which is the red cover that you've got there, but then it's green with Fishburne and Neil yeah. as well. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neil. It's like the, the, the profiles of their face. Yeah. That's right. I yes. mean, that, that happens with a lot of... Um, I mean, this is probably this is probably a re-release. I'd, I think um, a lot of re-releases, like especially VHS collection, which I've shown before, re-releases have different covers. And like the Halloween re-release oh, yeah. on the VHS re-release I've got is horrendous. It's one of the worst uh, VHS uh, covers I've got, and that's on the Instagram as well. This was what year was this re-release come out? I can't even read it. It's so small. Um, doesn't matter. Not important. Late mid two thousands, I would have said. Well, that's the thing. It didn't come out. The film didn't come out during the DVD period. It came out during no. the VHS period. So it might might not so much be a re-release, but more that's so. That's also one of the the reasons why they feel like they won't. They lost a lot of the footage was because it yeah. was made pre DVD era. So a lot of the locations of the VHS tapes were lost before they switched. I wonder if sad. you can find. I wonder if you can actually, if it's a rare commodity to be able to find a, a copy of Event Horizon on VHS these days. Well, it might be because Anderson said that there was a, who was it? It was a copy of Clive Barker's, some film that he did, some really odd film that he did, mm -hmm. that turned up in a, basically a, a garage of some person who yeah. went through it, and said, oh. I've got this like intact film of this movie this guy did. They were they should be going. That is incredibly rare to have yeah. that. Yeah. And how much you got for it? And there you go. <laughs> now I I'm gonna I have to be honest. Within the first, it's where was it? Oh, it's when so when the our rescue crew get onto the event horizon. Yeah. You have that. Everything is it's weird because they've turned on the gravity. Mm. But everything's still floating around, which means they haven't turned off the gra on the gravity. I didn't really get that. So they walk in. You can see them walking around. And everything's still floating around them. But it is so heavily uh, very late 90s, early 2000s CGI. Because you yes. can tell it's CGI. You know it's not. It's not. Well, obviously, you know, even if they were to make it today, it would still be CGI. But it was very unpolished, shall we say. Do they not turn the gravity off when they get to the bridge of the event horizon? Because when they I have they 
when they cross over, when they cross over from the Lewis and Clark to the Event Horizon, they they are walking. They pressurize it. Yeah, they are walking, but they no, you can see their you can see they're still walking. I'll say this professionally. They do like, spa- like spacemen. Yeah. And when they get to the bridge, I think they 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 turn the gravity on. You're did right. did you they catch? Did you catch what the connecting tunnel was called from the um, Lewis and Clark to the Event Horizon? That connecting tunnel. No, I didn't actually. What so apparently called? that connecting tunnel was called the, which I thought was quite clever, the Umbilicus. Oh, yes, yes. That is quite cool. Oh, I didn't notice that. Wait, was it? Yeah, the airlock tunnel was called the Umbilicus. Yeah. The airlock tunnel. Like an umbilical oh, cord. Okay. I thought that was quite a, I believe uh, Mr. Smith mentions it. Uh, I quite liked his character. Um, okay. Speaking ah. of speaking of characters, uh, so I left that last one on characters because, for the most part, the characters in this film—I mean, it's not very big. Uh, character-based film it's pretty much no. the crew um okay i the biggest problem i have is the the tone of the film is shifted dramatically every now and then by one character and it's not the character it's not it's cooper it's the writing's fault because it's cooper has been written he's played by a black man um but he is written to be the stereotypical uh i would say 80s 90s over the top black man and it's it's awful it's oh it's it's really bad writing on his part and it really shifts the tone of holy fuck we're dealing with what is it like chaos and hell in the middle of space and then you cut to cooper who is uh currently outside in in a spacesuit like basically doing a spacewalk smitty yeah basically like oh she she oh motherfucker yeah. i'm coming motherfucker and it's, it, uh, yeah. oh yeah it's it, not comedic I, I had the the biggest one i had was it's when the lewis and clark uh explodes mm. and it's it's blown up by uh space satan we're yeah and Cooper is is knocked off a part of the debris. Yes, and, and he's, he's spinning. just spinning away, going, "Oh, it's like, oh shit, uh, oh, I can't believe this has happened to me." Oh no! He's yeah. Away. If, that, if I, I will admit, if that was if that actually happened to you, or like it, because this must be a thing that astronauts fear. Yeah, You've got to give it to them. Yeah, that they're knocked off course or they're knocked off of you know uh, whatever infrastructure they're holding on to. To just float away. Can you imagine that? You'd, you'd be floating around. You're like, I literally have until my oxygen tank yeah. goes. And then I am... That's it. I'm, I'm done. Well, do you, you see gravity? So much. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there is a... I, I must admit, there is a plot hole in gravity. There um, is. Which is... It's a bit where George Clooney's character is holding on to her. Because he's like, oh, don't let me get pulled away. And everyone's like, yeah. you're in space. What's pulling you away? There's, it's nothing. The orbit. Was it the orbit? Oh, okay. I guess, because you get into the orbit and you're spinning. I'm not a space scientist, but I'm yeah. fairly certain that's what it is, the orbit. It could be that. Yeah, maybe. 
But when, yeah, like that exact moment, I was, I was going to bring up, when he, he's on the debris and he's spinning and he's monologuing to himself. Oh, shit, shit, what am I going to do? Uh, I, I got to purge my oxygen tank. I got I to do that. I got to do it. Would you not, would they, would they not have been taught to be calm and think this through? I, reckon, I mean, well, Cooper does then become calm. He does, you know, his, uh, I guess his, his height, his state of, uh, I don't know, emotions does dip yeah. to the point where you can see him going, okay, right. If I purge the oxygen tank, give it a brief spurt in the right direction, I'll go back towards the event horizon. Yeah. You gotta give it to this man. He purges his oxygen tank so hard he goes, he shoots but off like a rocket. The, the thing with that scene though, when he does that, that is the scene I mentioned about. Here I come, motherfucker! When he's flying through space, it the camera pans around as he's flying, oh, yeah. and it shows him flying off, and then he's flying towards Neptune. There's no ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I is know. the ship now back in the atmosphere, or is it in orbit? Like. Well, if it is back in the atmosphere, he's fucked because you you cannot survive re-entry no. in a spacesuit. You would, but even if it's on Neptune, the the for, well, I don't know what Neptune's gravity is like, but I'm fairly certain the force of re-entry would just cook you like that. Yeah. Also, um, the other thing about spaces is whatever speed you're traveling at, you will not slow down. No. So when you see him take off, he shoots off like a rocket. When he got close to that event horizon, he literally would have gone. Yeah. walloped it so hard he would have been a pancake yeah like when the lewis and clark arrived at the beginning they used the front thrusters yeah. to to slow Stop. the lewis and clark down to then dock with it he he just gently arrives at the I, the event horizon bridge you, cooper was designed to be the comic relief in this film which is weird it because you're making a sci-fi based horror film yeah all right in horror films Yes, there's a little bit of comic relief, but it's yeah. mainly dark humor. It's a sort of a, ha ha, we survived. And then, oh, there we go. But Cooper's yeah. bit, when he gets to the event horizon, is, oh shit, I can't stop. And then again, like you said, oh, I stopped. It's also, yeah, it's a good point you mentioned about, like, you, you do sprinkle in the old comedic aspect, but it's it's not yeah. normally sprinkled in throughout like Cooper is. It's normally no. first act, bit of the second then, then we start to get more serious this is yeah. and and this is probably of the era not saying it's a good thing it's a very bad thing this film with its sexual harassment right at the beginning oh, with, with cooper again he's just a badly written character um he's offering coffee around dark yeah and to, Stark. he, to starks hey starks would you like something uh is it hot uh, and dark? black hot and dark or uh, hot and dark in, inside of you and he says it oh. with with such um ego and confidence that she mm. he thinks she would just be like 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 a, a builder catcalling a woman thinking yeah. the woman uh, the woman will go oh he's the one <laughs> it's the when it's it's the camera pans off and then you hear him going well, how about some coffee then yeah it's like mm, okay okay he's yeah, yeah he's a really badly written character if it was, if Event Horizon was designed to be a horror comedy set in space, yeah. it, it, people wouldn't bat an eyelid. Like, well, it's a horror comedy. He's, he's part of the comedy. Yeah. It's fine. But what? Uh, yeah. You it say was it... the, the end bit I had, though, was that Darth moment where uh, 
he was flying up and he was just so chill. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been you panicking talk- so hard. Talk about comedic timing, comedic aspects, though. Funniest part of this film, which is com- is timed so well by Lawrence Fishburne. I don't think it's intentional, but it it's it's quite funny. In uh, just it's it's so far past the point of this is a comedic line. It's just funny because yeah, this is so fucked up. It's when they're watching the footage of what happened to the original crew, which oh, yeah yeah can be another segue in a minute because I want to talk about that footage because that footage is nuts of the original crew and so they're watching it and he just presses the stop and goes we're leaving (laughs) it's like deadpan face deadpan face you've just seen the most horrific shit anyone could ever watch stop yep we're out of here (laughs) it's just perfect timing and it's i don't think it's intentional to be a comedic line but it it worked so well Lawrence Fishburne is he's a great he's got such a great camera presence yeah I mean if I was if I was on a ship like Event Horizon with this man and the dude went we're leaving I'd be like okay I've got my bags packed let's go man this man says we're leaving we're leaving because there's there's another moment which is Weir now Weir is he's Weir in the in the film uh, Dr. Weir designed Event Horizon for its secret project which is to you know use a gateway to explore other realms of yeah the story is quite vague in a, 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 yeah. at times and the, there's another great moment with Lawrence Fishburne where he's saying right he's telling me we're leaving the ship the ship is something bad's happening Justin's almost dead something yeah. happened to him we're all going we're either all going mad because of CO2 poisoning or there's yeah. something happening on the ship we're all seeing things we've got to go Dr. Weir goes, no, 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 we can't leave my ship. We have to find what's going on. And he just turns around to him and goes, Weir, fuck this ship. We're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote that down. Yeah, fuck the ship. <laughs> fuck the ship. Weir's just standing going, oh. And he's like, crew, we're leaving. Especially because the Great. whole time Weir's been talking about the ship as, as you do with boats. You know, it's like a, it's a yeah. lady. She, she, you refer to it as she. And uh, is is Lawrence Fishburne's character called Miller? Yes, Captain Miller. Yeah. So you've he got doesn't even he doesn't Miller. even discuss this describe it as shit. It's just fuck this shit, fuck this machine. Yeah, yeah. We're out of here. I I I would say the the characters in this. I wouldn't say there's any cat. Obviously, Cooper's a bit annoying. Yeah. But again, like I said, it's not it's not the actor's fault. It's just the the writing for him was very much. Yes. You're the comic relief. Anything yeah, you completely. say has to be funny yeah and yeah. it does it does jar it a bit <laughs> so we've got who we got we got captain miller yeah we have uh stark cooper. stark julie richardson cooper uh we have justin justin's the uh baby bear baby bear you have dj trauma yeah apparently there's a joke in there somewhere yeah, he's not actually a why. DJ. <laughs> he's, he's the trauma D- consultant or whatever. When he introduced himself, he's like, my name's DJ, occupation, trauma. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone everyone finds it really funny. You have, uh, you have Mama Bear. I can't remember her actual character's name, though. It's a bit annoying. Yeah, I she's, can't I think remember. she's the medic. She's one of the medics, anyway. Miss Smith? And then you have, yep, Mr. Smith, Smitty. I like Sean Pertwee. Yeah, I like him. He's a, he's a good actor. 
he's... I think he's in the equilibrium. He's the only one that doesn't go on the ship. Because he immediately yeah. thinks something's wrong here. Yeah, he, he doesn't get on he, it. He, he, ah! D mm. No, he, he, he does. He does. Do he? I, this, uh, there's a scene where oh, they are they Cooper, are they are in the room with the gravi gravity device gravitational device that, that opens the black hole the the main yeah. you know sphere and the there core. are co2 canisters there that they're stealing mm. and she specifically says an e25 and they're rushing they're rushing oh, they're yeah. rushing miss smith grabs the bunch runs off back to lewis and clark while she stays because she sees her son the vision of her son which is her sin and guilt which leads to her death, which is the medic again, who we, we don't know the name. Yeah, that's, that's that's the only point he's really on the ship. He's not on the ship yeah. for the exploration parts, the discovering what happened to the crew. Oh, yeah, he does he, not care. No, he he's really on the ball of, this didn't seem right. Let's not mess mm. with this. Let's get the hell out of here. He's actually one of the few that really is kind of on the ball with it. Yeah, Smitty pretty much... Obviously, when the... I can't remember how it happens, but I only watched this film yesterday and today. My memory's terrible, though. So basically, the Lewis and Clark is docked, and they suffer. I think they suffer a bit of damage, I think, during some sort of lightning thunder. The Lewis and Clark is damaged until they realize that they either, if they don't fix it, they will be stranded on the event horizon, of which, apart from Dr. Weir, no one really wants to do that. They want to get in and get out as quickly as they can. To be fair, and there's a great moment between Weir and Miller, which is the, the, the whole point of the Lewis and Clark going to Event Horizon is to rescue the crew, find out what happens to them, and salvage the anything of use they can get. Weir obviously goes, you know, right, well, the Event Horizon was not destroyed. It wasn't a, I don't know, mining vessel, whatever it was. But it was a you know top secret super project that opened a gateway to somewhere, disappeared, and now it's back seven years later. Yay! To which Miller replies, "We're leaving because the crew are dead. They all killed themselves, or something killed them. There's nothing here we need to take back. We're going." Yeah, yeah. I think I think you got it. Yeah. Yes, the, uh, is then like cool. I gotta fix. It. I must admit, I lost my train of thought there, but yeah. I now realise it was because Smitty is the only one who goes. I will fix the ship, but as soon as it's fixed, we're out of here. Yeah, like he's he's on the ball. He he can see clearly what's going on, which I think any sane human would see, especially when you're however far Neptune is away from Earth, um, and you've got one ship to get back. You're not gonna mess yeah. around with whatever the hell's going on. One one slip and. You don't get three strikes here. You get one. One minor strike, and that needs to be it. It's space. You don't fuck around in space. Um, that's, again, that's how... That's, again, harking back to this lady's tweet. This is why you can create horror films in space, because if you're... You know, if you're on Earth, and, I don't know, you... You're driving in the forest, you get a bit sleepy, you doze off it, you wake up, and you've, you know, you banged your car into a tree... Like, oh, okay, well, shit. Crash my car. I'm fine, however. I'll walk somewhere and I'll get help. You bang your spaceship in the middle of space and you're leaking oxygen. 
you are kind of in a, you're in a tricky situation because you have to then either fix the leak or accept your fate mm. which is I'm going to suffocate and there is no one that can help me it's kind of similar to the ocean as well if you're in a boat in the middle of the Pacific yeah. Ocean I mean look what happened to Tom Hanks um so the, the castaway yeah castaway I was thinking of Tom Hardy castaway. I was like what no, Tom Hardy Tom, I was like, no, definitely wait, not Tom Hardy so yes, yeah. yeah, so Sam Neill, who plays Weir, basically created the ship, and upon rewatch, created the ship and the device to cause uh, the ship to be able to travel faster than the speed of light, which is impossible, but the explanation he gives, which was stolen by Christopher Nolan in Stella, it was completely stolen, the idea. Yeah, it was. Um, upon rewatch, you can really tell that Sam Neill's character Weir is in on it from the get-go his mannerisms oh, yeah. and the things he says the way he acts you you wouldn't you wouldn't get that from first viewing you would you would you would only get that he's kind of not on the level from when he starts to, from when he 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 fades into the darkness of saying we're already here like oh she's yeah my ship. but even to begin like you can kind of rewatch you can kind of tell yeah he he really was just using them basically to get back to yeah. the the hell like dimension that he has somehow been before. Because I like I said, the story is very vague. I took the interpretation that he has been here before. He he has been to this he's, dimension before. He's and connected somehow because the first time we're introduced to him, he's I think he's the first character we're introduced to mm, of mm. The, the the new crew. He wakes up from having a nightmare of the old captain, yeah, uh, having you know, ripped out his eyeballs, yeah, and is is doing the upside down floating cross thing, and he wakes up from that. So, yeah, it's he's either like you said, he's either been to this dimension before, yeah. he knows about this dimension, or the event horizon has somehow messaged him, going, "Hey, we're back, come get mm. us." I think this is a lot where the, the, the Hellraiser aspect comes into play as well because Yeah. Oh definitely. There's a line that he, he uses when he's he's fighting with Miller at the end of the final uh, the final major fight and he says to him, Let me show you when they're talking about what what he wants to show him as regarding hell or just the chaos that ensues. Very similar to Pinhead with We Have Such Sights to Show You. Yeah. So they want to show you this completely unimaginable other chaotic world that is just 24-7 torture, uh, death, violence, gore, macabre, just just hell. Oh, yeah. We need to see it and experience it. Um Yeah, that that was probably that was probably to me the most the closest we got to Hellraiser there. Just by the one line. Yeah, it. I mean that—that's pretty much what I when I first watched this film. <clears throat> it immediately just reminded me of Hellraiser, mm. purely mm. because it is—it's very. I'd sat a while. Fortunately, not the original, the uncut version, would have just been a body horror, yeah, paradise. Like I say, considering what he wanted in it, it would have just been—it would have been off the wall and. Sad when I'm gonna get to see it, but there you go. Mm. And oh, what was it? 
Oh yeah, that was it. Well, it was a completely different note. Was it's when they're in stasis, and they're it's is it weird who's dreaming? Yeah, it's weird who's dreaming. He's yeah. having a dream, and I thought this was interesting because so when the crew travel from wherever they are to Neptune. Oh, Earth to Neptune, sorry. It takes 56 days to get there using their ion drive. So I'm guessing it you know, shoots them as quickly as anything yeah. to get to Neptune. And of course, this is where the alien influence comes in. They go, right, well, rather than you know walk around for 56 days doing not much, we'll all go into stasis. Mm-hmm. And we'll pretty much go into stasis, wake up and be there. And I thought this was interesting because... My thought was, well, if you if the time passes literally like that, so you close your eyes and you wake up, would your mind even have the time to process anything, like a dream or a nightmare? Because surely you wouldn't, because time would pass so quickly. It would be like a second. You'd just blink and that would be it. Depends, because I'm not, I can't remember what it was called, but uh, DJ injects we're with a... Oh, the so sort of concoction, but whether or not that has, I, I think that was more so to do with the uh, bone, his bone density, saying that, that in stasis, liquefy. yeah, your bone density could completely liquefy. But if you think about, have you ever had anesthetic? Say you've been out yeah. for an operation. I, I think, I think there's a difference between you being knocked out completely from anesthetic, or say being unconscious, to sleeping and dreaming and your mind working. Because have you, has anyone, do you, I mean, I've only had a couple of operations in my own lifetime. I'm not sure I ever dreamt, I'm not sure I ever dreamt or had a nightmare during, because sometimes you've had a nightmare when you're sleeping, it it can wake you up. You can't do that when you're anesthetized, can you? Your, 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 your mind, you're, you're shut down. Everything is shut down. So maybe this, this, um, incubation period, what was it called? Um, what, what was it? I'm sorry. Stasis, sorry, stasis period. Your your bodies are completely shut down because they're also kind of hooked up to a, a breathing apparatus. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, yeah. Similar to, I guess, when you're anesthetized for an operation, you're you're hooked up to breathing to help help your body keep moving, but at the same time, not. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah, it, it's one of the things. I, I I'm sure someone has the answer somewhere, but mm. I was just wondered. I was just thinking if you. If it was instantaneous, mm-hmm. surely you would you wouldn't dream. But it could be again. It could be because of the setup of the film. Uh, this is weird. You know, the event horizon. Maybe the event horizon could slow down time or something. I don't know. Yeah. Because it needed to feed weird this weird type of the the event horizon likes to torment weird with uh, visions of his dead wife uh, horribly. Yeah. The whole film is really about we're and the ship the, the crew oh, yeah. are being used to for him for, to get from point a which is earth back to because he's clearly traumatized by the death of his wife which is what happens in the oh, stasis yeah. you know he, he he's he, he's sort of like a again this this contradicts what i just said is it a dream in the stasis or is it a nightmare yeah. because he this this other vision he has in the stasis where he wakes up uh climbs out the stasis and his wife his dead wife is there yeah yeah um, yeah, it's it's kind of contradicting, but the whole film is really about him. He built this. He built this 
mind-blowing contraption that can bend space-time so you can travel faster than light. Is he trying to get his wife back? Yeah. Is he trying to get to another dimension to see her again? Has he been to this other dimension where she is? Like, it's... It's a bit vague. It yeah. is vague. It is vague. Unless we're just completely, complete idiots that didn't understand it fully. <laughs> the one thing I did notice is when they had the stasis tanks, I don't know why, but for some reason, Weir's is the only one that is labelled. Did you notice that? Yes. Every single stasis tank, his is the only one with a giant Weir across it. I was, I remember watching thinking, I don't, I don't know why that is. Was that just a Maybe. weird... Someone Maybe because he's a guest. It could be he's a guest, yeah. Because they're the crew, aren't they? Because you think if it's a stasis tank, surely it's like you can get in any stasis tank. It doesn't matter. It's going to do the same thing. Yeah, 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 possibly, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. The one thing I do remember that I did sit there wondering what on earth was going on was the whole crew. Now, the whole crew at this point, when yep. we're getting, getting ready to get into the stasis tank, yep. the whole crew are out. So who on earth is in that stasis tank already? There is someone in a tank next to him already in stasis. Did you mean that? Oh, when they've actually um so when actually they're getting come to everything? No, no, when they're going to sleep. When they're, they're going all to getting sleep. Undressed and there is a there is a bloke already in a stasis tank. Right, I'm looking right now. Yeah, it's I've very it. unusual. He's right next to him in his stasis pod before they go to sleep. Right. I have As I'm looking, did you know I hate talking about this. Sam Neil's figure is he has a really weird torso. <laughs> he has really I high I shoulders. Big arms. Yeah. And his chest, his rib cages look like they want to come out of his body. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that, I must admit. Okay, so um, before before they go into stasis, right? Is that what I'm you're saying? I'm certain this before, yeah. There's a bloke so. already in a stasis tank. All right, here's his... Uh, he's escaped. Right. Miller, Smith, Medic. Yep. What's that with Miller? Oh, the that... It, get out of the way, Sam Neill. <laughs> That's DJ. Okay, DJ, DJ Miller. So I'm missing Cooper Starks... And just uh, maybe it's no. Uh, okay. Where is a guy already in a stasis tank? No, there is. There is. It's yeah. Cooper. It's Cooper. Oh, it's Cooper. Oh, Cooper, because okay. he's next I to him. Yep. It. It's oh, okay. Cooper. For some reason, um, I sat there watching this this clip, thinking, "Who is that bloke? Why is there a random bloke in a stasis tank?" Yeah, it's Cooper. Because he's... And there's oh, Weir. Oh, there's okay. his name. There's his name. And it's there's his name. it's quite shoddily put on. It's just a piece of silver duct tape his name yeah. so it's definitely because i'd say he's the guest on the ship oh okay oh, yeah. okay that that clears up it's not some random plot hole no like no okay, <laughs> interesting I... though it was interesting because yeah that would have been quite a thing to notice yeah. who's this extra body so many people were just sitting there going who's the extra crew member it's like yeah oh, shit. oh yeah we forgot about him whoops uh i won't Oh, if you'd watched the uh, the director's cut version, you would have found out, but you're never going to see that now. As far as, I, though, Cooper being probably the weak link of the cast, I, th I think we agree both. The cast, the, predominantly the cast do a, a fair job, a good, good job. And Sam Neill, as yeah. a villain, 
I think is very underrated. I think Sam Neill was a great villain because he also is a great portrayal in John Carpenter's um, In the Mouth of Madness. If you've ever seen that. Mm. Great film. One of John Carpenter's best films. Very underrated. But everyone thinks of Sam Neill as Jurassic Park. Yeah. I mean, He's a great villain. He is. It's... He's one of these villains that his... uh, What's the word? His motives are not really clear-cut. So, obviously, when we first introduced to him, he's very much... He's he's very excited. Oh, the Event Horizon's back. It's it's, it's gone missing. Where's it gone? We've got to go find out. From a scientific point of view, this man is... This ship literally vanished out of our universe. We have yep. no idea where it went. Or it, it vanished out of our our uh, perceivable uh, realm of space. Well, apart so from him, him he, as, he knew where it went. He knew it was. But when we first introduced to him, he just seems to be a very excited scientific yeah. man. Yeah. But it's when... it's This is where the clash of the science versus the religion comes in. So who is he talking to? Oh, it's Cooper. I think it's Cooper. No, it's Cooper. Yeah, it's Cooper. That was who it was. So when Justin's sucked into the gateway. Yeah. And again, it just goes to show even in 2047, we are still. Some of us are still quite stupid where you have this gigantic, you know, black hole looking Mm. thing and you get Justin going, I don't know, I'm going to touch that. I have some points. I have some points on Justin. Yeah. My, My point was. If you see something like that in a spaceship that's been missing for seven years, maybe don't shove your fingers in it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the 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 starting point. That's kind of what kicked everything off. Oh yeah, because Cooper sees this. Cooper sees Justin sucked in. Yeah, and then I can't remember how he gets. I think Justin gets shot back out, and he goes to, to you know Captain Miller and says, "Look, I saw it. He got sucked into the this big circular thing. He was gone." And that's when we start to see Weir is thinking a little bit different because Weir immediately goes, oh, well, no, it's not possible. Yeah. No, the core shut down. No way that happened. And this is where the this is where the, the past divulged because you have Miller going, right, well, hang on now. It's like, right, I believe you saw something, but I'm going to trust the doctor that it wasn't that. But you saw something, so you need to tell me what's going on because... He's, he is a great middleman to, you're right, but he's right, so you must be wrong in certain aspects, but you're also wrong in certain aspects. <laughs> yeah, and, and they keep they keep going on about, oh, you must be suffering trauma, you must be delusional. Or, yeah. No one, no one ever... It takes them a long time before they start believing really what's going on because it is Justin's intrigue into the core opening up. And the core yeah. opening up, which is, again, very vague, is the, is the ship because of where the ship's been is the ship now controlled by the core the core like a brain in in theory yeah. and once it opens up that's when the mysterious powers come out because it's uh, soon after that is when people everyone starts seeing their visions of uh the medic seeing her son who feels guilt yeah uh, leave him um miller the seeing burning man. the burning man miller seeing his uh old crew member that he left to burn to die in a space accident yeah. uh, years ago Carrick? yeah Carrick. Um, and that it's from that point onwards that they also that, that kind of even... it's like the gateway that opens the hell to them 
there's only I think there's only two. We only get to see two hallucinations though. We see Miller's, we see yeah. the Burning Man, and we see the the child, but we don't see Zark's. You don't yeah, get one right. from Smithy, yeah. but that's because Smithy never goes inside the Event Horizon till very last thing. Yeah, yeah. Cooper, uh, Cooper doesn't have one either. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I think it is literally, it's uh, it's Mama Bear, Miller, uh, yes, just Mama Bear and Miller, actually. Oh, and, and Weir to a degree, I suppose, with his wife. Yeah, and Justin had obviously seen some shit when he went through the portal yeah. because he... It, that boy, it that boy came back traumatised. It completely changed him. Uh, it, it gave... Do you think Justin was somewhat possessed? Because when he... He's he's in the the infirmary and then he escapes and he ends up in the airlock. Yeah, a, a light bulb suddenly goes like that and Justin is like, where where am I? What what the fuck's going on? Where am I? I reckon he I reckon he was he's he's either possessed or he must be possessed. Yeah, there's again it's unclear as to what's happening to him. He he's clearly whatever's on the other side of this gateway. You know, yeah. wherever the event horizon, whatever dimension it goes to, whatever's in there is obviously not for a human brain to comprehend. Yeah. Because like yeah. Justin says, when he's in the airlock and they're trying to get him back in, he goes, if only you could see the things I've seen, yeah, you'd let me go. Which effectively is Justin saying, I've seen some stuff, just let me die. Well, that's the thing. The idea of hell, it's it's so unimaginable. It's the 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 perception of hell that most people have is you know the the burning lakes, underground. Uh, there's no forks. sky, pitchforks, people. There's blood everywhere. Just just death everywhere. Like that's just one perception, but it's 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 impossible to perceive what it could uh, be yeah. really. So Lucifer. The TVC Lucifer, they had their perception was quite interesting, mm-hmm. which was someone uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone asks Lucifer, it's like, well, what's hell like? And he went, well, it's whatever you make of it. Your hell is your hell. He goes, well, what yeah. does it mean to us? When in their version, they get put in a a room, and it it just re it just you play out your biggest regret again okay. and again and again, and they say, well, what well, can you get out of hell? He goes, oh yeah, it's very easy. So. All you have to do is let it go. Just let go of your regret. You just have to forgive yourself and the door will open. He goes, we don't keep you here. It's you. You keep yourself in hell. If you can't get out of it, that's your fault. So I thought, oh, that's actually a very clever way. I think my favorite interpretation of hell is from a book uh, called Barlow's Inferno. I'll link it to you now. The artwork is absolutely incredible. The artwork's incredible, but the book is very expensive uh is it it's 600 pound what (laughs) but the art you've got to look at the artwork and folks check it out just just google uh barlow b-a-r-l-o-w-e damn inferno some of the art is and this is what i'm talking about about how there's only so so far your imagination can go to envision what a hell could be and I mean, we don't know. The, the the uncut version of Event Horizon could have gone this far. Hopefully expensive. it did. Yeah. But some of the, the, the cuts that we do see, you know, when, when Weir is wanting to show Miller what his what, what this other dimension is with all the crew 
having been strapped, wrapped up in barbed wire, skewered by one of the mm. spikes, maggots coming out of everything. You could be really creative with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I, I know that when... Apparently when they... They were getting inspirations for this film, or especially for... They're getting the uncut version. Mm. They they did. They went through museums, art museums, and they, they looked at paintings of hell. Mm. And from that they went, okay, well that's a cool idea. We'll take that, we'll take elements of that, elements of that, and we'll smash it together for our version obviously sadly we never got to see their version yeah but I it could be it's I maybe that the way that they were doing in this Event Horizon film is I took it that whatever was on the Event Horizon feeds off the negativity that these guys bring in you know it feeds off uh, the guilt that Miller has for mm -hmm. leaving character die even yeah. though he had no choice it feeds off the regret that uh, mama bear has because she obviously didn't take enough care of her son yeah and obviously i don't know we don't you don't really know what happened to the son it's obviously the, the kid is was disabled you see him in a wheelchair so maybe yeah. she didn't take care of him enough no sorry she regrets not spending the time with him uh, because Miller says that he couldn't get her off at leave. Yes, yeah, Christmas. She, she couldn't get Christmas, right? She couldn't get Christmas with him, so yeah. she's already regretting yeah. not being able to spend time with him. So I, I would say that whatever the Event Horizon is, it just it takes that negativity and it just it it amplifies it to the point where it's it's hard to break free. And Miller sh Miller does it temporarily mm -hmm. when he hears Carrick's voice and he stands there going, you're not real. You're not yeah. real. You're, this is not he real. He fights it. He really fights it. He fights it. Whereas Mama Bear mm. just cannot. She just, she lets go and she just chases after the kid because to her, it's real. It's not yeah. a hallucination. She, he is there. Sadly, he's not because it's, you know, it's a trick and obviously it leads to her death quite horrifically, actually. Mama Bear's one. Yeah. Yeah. Her death. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it is a bit cheesy so she, because you can tell it's yeah. a mannequin that's you know been lobbed down the tunnel, falls down uh, from above the. I'm going to keep calling it the brain, the gravitational yeah. brain, and lands on the grill. But because there's already the watery liquid substance that's underneath the grill, it her impact makes it splash so high up in the air with all oh, this blood. Yeah. It's a little bit cheesy. I. I would say that the the crew are infected as well, because I noticed okay. this after Mum Bear dies, mm. and Weir comes in. Weir's really odd at this point because you at this point this is near the end of the film. Most of these characters don't start dying until like the last half an hour of the film. Yeah, yeah, it takes a, a while. Yeah, and Weir comes in. He sees Mum Bear, and he goes, "Oh no, you died!" You know, and he. As he moves away, we get a shot of her lying on the floor, and her eyes are just, they're pitch black. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting because when, when obviously she, her body hits the floor, you, know, you get a look at her face, and her eyes are normal. But as he pulls away, they've gone that, that, like, abyss black that Justin has when yeah. he's, he's effectively taken over. He shows a lot of motion there as well, uh, Weir. Yeah, that's why I think it was odd for him because. 
he obviously doesn't want the Event Horizon to be destroyed or to leave. Yeah. But he's very sad when she dies, which is a bit out of character for him. And especially because no one else is around to see him uh, act in his real true form, being that... Ah, yeah. But does does he want them dead? Or does he want to take them back to the dimension? That's why I... he's sad, because he's lost a crew member, because he wants to yeah. crew the, the Event Horizon again. I don't think he wants them dead. No. He doesn't want them to leave, but I think because they're trying so hard to leave, mm. obviously the ship doesn't want that either. So mm. that I reckon the ship is trying to force them to stay. So maybe like with Mama Bear, it shows her the sun to make her chase him around the ship. And it's like, right, well, if I can keep you here for longer, yeah, you know, you won't leave. So yeah, I would say he doesn't want them dead. It's just most of them end up dying. Speaking of the bed, I have one point on Justin, which kind of annoyed me a bit. Okay. So Justin gets eventually sucked out of the airlock because his possessed self, shall we say, opens it. And then yeah. his possessed self becomes normality again. How long does it... I, I, I put the question down and I found the answer. How long does it really take you to die out in space without a suit on? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hazard a guess think? very quick. It's got to be seconds. And the answer I got this is from a scientific website. Okay. After about one minute, circulation effectively stops. The lack of oxygen to the brain renders you unconscious in less than 15 seconds, eventually killing you. Wow, that is fast. He took a long time just to get to the point he was at where oh, he had yeah. lost a lot of blood. His eyeball, his eyes were, eye, eye sockets were bleeding. He was bleeding out of every orifice. His uh, veins had swollen. It looked like. Yeah. So they. Yeah. So they would have swollen up. Yeah. That, his, that kind uh, of bothered me a bit. I think the veins swelling. I think that's because the blood effectively freezes in your. So effectively, it would go to like hard lumps or something. Well, let's not forget, folks. Human blood inside your body is blue. So. Oh yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to give you random scientific facts that are clearly not true. Um, oh man, you said it like it was fact. <laughs> someone told me it was fact. Someone down so the like, pub oh, told yeah. me that. Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, your blood's blue. It's like, really? Oh, cool. And they tried to sell me a dodgy DVD afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, we did a review of Hellraiser. It's like, yeah, that's, that's was it octopus blood or something like that? <laughs> it was octopus. That was it. It's it's some sea secret. Yeah, it was like crab, octopus, or lobster. Yeah. Uh, oh. I thought it was funny. One thing, yeah, I think I mentioned ages ago. I, I, I love, 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 love the footage we see of the crew. Because I, I mentioned about yes. uh, how, how Miller was watching yeah. the footage of the crew and then his comedic timing of, we're leaving. The footage itself, if you watch it slowly, is is mental. Yeah, it's it's, it's horrifying. And he has a few things to think about. You know, you got to think... Who's filming it? Why are they yep. filming it? Similar to the the way we talk about POV films, okay? Um, like people are being there's bits in that people are being I'm going to assume sodomized or just completely hor horrifically sexually assaulted. That's oh, yeah. in it for like a second and it's horrible. 
like viscerally and violently attacked. Um, the captain gouges his own eyes out and is showing he's showing the camera so he's showing the person who's filming mm. them uh, again back to who's filming why are you filming and on top of this they're speaking in latin which yeah it's a it's a cheap cheap thing to do but latin works best in horror as like well, the language of horror it really does i i have a breakdown of what Ooh. was going to they called it the bloody orgy and I have a breakdown of what actually was supposed to happen in what well so in this version we got they really dramatically cut it oh you so can tell you, you can this. tell yeah I will tell you what they actually filmed in yep. this scene before they cut it go for it so we got people members yep. of the crew sticking their fingers into each other's eyes oh, obviously that is you do this. something that keeps them going on <laughs> you had a female crew member sodomizing a male crew member with an iron pipe yep we then had you have them having violent sex yeah yeah you see that yeah yeah they would eat each other whilst they were doing so there was a scene where a crewman pulls his intestines out of his mouth Mm, mm -hmm, another mm -hmm. one where one crew member is held and stabbed in the back of the head with a spike part of his teeth and mouth pop out yeah fair enough um there was one where a crew member is crawling on the floor and others are hitting his legs with steel bars, smashing him to pieces. And as he crawls away, his legs literally fall off as he's doing so. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, yep. Yeah. We then have a woman who has screws drilled into her teeth. Mm. Ah, mm. this is a terrifier bit. This is a terrifier two moment. Another woman has her arm broken and torn off with a hunk of metal. Another woman has a breast mauled and then ripped off and eaten by a guy who's raping her at the same time. Um, yeah, so this film was so, this scene in particular was literally this film's terrifier two bedroom moment. And when he showed this to members of his <laughs> family, yeah. test audiences and the studio, pretty much a lot of them fainted and the studio immediately went, you are out of your mind if you think we're putting that in a film. So yeah, there you go. I, I'm... See, I don't get turned because we're horror freaks. I don't get yes, turned like away it. by what was described there as the blood orgy. I'm more, I look at more on the positive side of someone came up with this. Like it's completely yeah. grotesque and just, just otherworldly and horrific that you can think of other people doing these horrible acts to other people. But some of them were so creative. <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't yeah. know if that makes us completely psychopathic and mental. Sorry if it does, but it's... Well, it, uh, I mean, the thing is, is some some of these scenes, especially like this one with, you know, the the infamous, you know, orgy scene that was cut, mm. you 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 have to view it as, it's like, right, well, this, this could only happen in a horror film. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know... Hopefully. Hope hopefully this never happens in real life because yeah, if it does yeah. then that is that is terrifying um but that kind of level of over-the-top violence could only happen in a horror film yeah so that's why i think whenever i see things like this or like because i've read the comic book the cross which is yeah. pretty much that kind of levels of violence terrified too what was sorry what was the cross related to that we talked about once uh the uh, sadness was it the uh, sadness the sadness yes it was yes 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 
and so some for me someone I sometimes get people going well how can you what how can you read that how can you mm. like enjoy reading that I'm like well because I know it's not real mm. so and again it's like I you suspend belief or you yeah. suspend imagination or something like that and it's like just treat it as a oh someone you know when they wrote this went oh, okay let's find the most over the top yeah thing we can think of and do it yeah they did obviously the studio went you're out of your mind not doing that which you know it's fair play because this at the studio that made this were the same studio that did star trek and apparently in an interview with anderson he said i think they thought that we were getting star trek with just a little bit of violence not the 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 what they came up with so it's understandable it is yes so it's understandable that uh the studio went yeah no we're not having that i mean paramount made the killing with um they made the killing with friday the 13th (laughs) um but uh sorry i was just reading something there yeah they made the killing with friday the 13th but obviously it wasn't as gory and horrific as this um the problem is that always comes back to make you you make this blood orgy studio doesn't like it studio wants you to make it more not family friendly but more everyone friendly Uh, not kids yeah because the studio needs to make money because it always comes down to the fact it's a business and people need to make money because it's a business no matter what film it is it will always come back to this unless you're Um, something like this we're terrified too where you can somehow get away with it (laughs) see i i would say if event horizon was to be made today and they said oh well we've we've got this scene this orgy scene that we're including it's gonna have all of this if it came out after terrified 2 i reckon most people go all right cool let's see what you got because i think back in the eight back in the 90s 2000s i reckon some studios were a bit more like you know tight-fisted on their films Whereas I think nowadays, they're like, you know what, if if you're going to make it, fine. But I'll tell you what, make our version, like the studio version, hmm. and we'll, we'll ask you to cut things. But if you want to stick it in a director's cut, fine, you do that. And you, that would, I mean, if they had done that, and the guy said, look, I'll tell you what, the studio went, we won't allow you to put this scene in our in our release, but we'll allow you to do it in a director's one. We could have had the film we wanted. But unfortunately yeah. they were they were so nope about it that we never got it. Yeah, we had gorier films. We had more violent oh, yeah. ah, ah, this is something ah, this is something we talked about possibly actually with the sadness when we did the episode on the sadness. Um here it is right here guys go go check this out i'll add that card where i think we discussed the difference between violence and gore yes i think that was the sadness yeah and like we had gorier films before event horizon i mean brain dead evil dead uh, day of the dead they all kind of go hand in hand a lot of the uh lot of the 1960s um cannibal films yeah uh yeah cannibal holocaust yeah um but a lot of these became banned and gained their notoriety through that. They became MBAM once Mary Whitehouse fucked off. Um, yeah. But 
I don't think a lot of them had the, the, the major studios backing them. This, 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 this feels more of a... Less... I'm trying to how to say this. It feels more of a, a cinema film than a, a home home film. You know, it felt, it felt yeah. like a film that the studio wanted to get seats in... Uh, seats in butts. Butts in seats and try and make a profit. Try and, try and make this a big, big time film. So, yeah, like you said... As long as if they had the director's cut, let's say for the cult audience, would have been cool, but that went a different way, and we'll never get that. Yeah, unless the TV series does it, but yeah. obviously that's not confirmed. So, yeah, one there you go. When I said I watched this, um, there's a commentary track from Paul W. Sanderson talking about service of the film. He talks about a deleted scene. I don't know if you knew about this huh. towards the end where Cooper and Stark. Uh, they're in a part of the ship and similar similar bit to The Shining where blood starts filling up everywhere. Yeah. And where Stark is, blood starts filling up in the cent- center tube. It's like probably five meters in diameter, this central tube. I don't know what it's for. It bursts and she's washed away in slow motion again because he's a schlocky director by this river of blood. Cooper is shouting up from where he is in the ship I think he's below her. And she is flushed down to him. Yeah. In a river of blood. Now, the deleted scene is he picks Stark up. And as they're running away, you see Weir climbing down the ladder, but face first in his new persona, completely, you know, skin fucked up. Yeah, space Satan. He's climbing. I'll link it to you. He's climbing down. Similar okay. to Reagan doing the crab walk, you know, which was a deleted scene oh. in The Exorcist. So they oh, wanted okay. to, apparently they wanted to do it like that, but it got it got deleted. wasn't allowed. It was too graphic. It was too it was too bloody. They said. I mean, you already had a river of blood like The Shining. How I don't know yeah. how much more bloody it could get. But um, it's a pretty cool. In fact, I'll do it to you now, and I can cut this. Let me link this to you now. So you've got the shot now. It's. It's yeah. a really, really cool shot. It's really, oh, it's really creepy, cool. because uh, here yeah, I so say he's face down, so he's he's upside down, climbing down this ladder that Stark's just falling down. But because he is, in theory, naked, Space Satan, it's creepy as hell. Yeah, that is weird. And they couldn't they oh. couldn't keep it in, unfortunately. Yeah, it's that it's a shame. Such a great song. Yeah, all the, all these little things that just. If you had been able to keep them in or just allow the director's cut to say the cult audience. I would say the only, probably the the only gory bit that I think they were able to salvage, apart from like a few bits, like Justin's eyes bleeding. Yeah. Very tame ones. The Probably the closest they got to full on gore was mm. when uh, DJ died. And he's, yes. you know, he's cut open yes. and he's hung up like the blood eagle. You know, he's suspended when Miller finds him. Yeah. Even that, even that was cut because originally this the idea was Miller would find him still alive mm. with his intestines hanging out and he'd have to put him out of his misery. But I would say that blood eagle moment is probably the closest that they got to whatever it was they were coming up with at the time. You, you know, people do that. But fun, like suspension. Yeah, hey, a, fr- a, fr- a friend, hey, of, hey. a friend of mine has experienced it. She, um, oh. she did it in Brighton, oh. 
and you right. you have to sign so many waivers and yeah to, to I can imagine that and you basically are on stage and you are hooked into your the flesh behind your your shoulder blades oh. and you are suspended oh, no. like it you are you are recreating hellraiser okay oh, <laughs> and that no, you can do I, this yeah no yeah i mean yeah, yeah. Each, uh, to their own. each to their own <laughs> each to their own um, yeah. but if someone asked me would you like to do that I would say that's a hard no because yeah. that is that's is, that's making my skin itch oh. Oh. I, had, uh, I had one more one more point on let's say the, the plot in general before my last category of notes which was the ship and the production design yeah. about how in theory we got what he wanted in the end the, I didn't notice that he does. Yeah, they they blew up the ship, which I'll get back onto with the ship because the blowing up of the ship was just why were there explosives there? Anyway, um, they blew up the ship. They Starks and Cooper escaped, but Weir was trapped with Miller in yeah. the the um, control room, shall we say, which then got sucked into the black hole, which is what Weir wanted. Yeah. So I I took a note on that, which was again similar. Mm. Weir wants to go back to wherever they this this ship goes to. Yeah. Obviously, he wanted the crew, but he only got Miller. So you would think, well, yeah, like you said, he's got what he wanted. He's yeah. going back. But it to me, it felt like there was something else that he needed them for in this other dimension. Yeah, I could believe that. Get. And I reckon if this film had been a, a success, a big success, because it was a box office it a, flop. It was a it big flop, out, yeah. I reckon there could have been a sequel that would have addressed this little thing of, well, he's going back no matter what, so why is he, why is he not happy? Mm. So I reckon that he needed all these crew members for something in this other time in this other like i wouldn't say dimension i'm gonna say location because we don't mm. know where the event horizon goes so maybe that's what he was angry about that he needed more bodies for something you've done a sequel or a prequel with him designing um, creating and the third the third act being the ship has gone off course and gone into this other dimension I think it'd be interesting to maybe I don't, I, you couldn't do a prequel with the old crew because mm. I think that would yes. kind of give away too much. Yeah, I would say maybe yeah you could you could see yeah a short bit on why we built the Event Horizon. Yeah, and then maybe it then jumps to what happens after this the Event Horizon film. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, you, you obviously, like I think we've discussed many times, you don't want to give the audience every single detail about an origin story no. about characters because it's been done to death. Like I don't yeah. need to see, I don't need to see Bruce and Martha Wayne be killed oh, again. <laughs> I don't need to see no. um, Uncle Ben be killed again <laughs> in Spider Man. Well. In the new, in the you know latest Spider-Man, we don't get to see Uncle Ben die again because apparently he never existed. Good. <laughs> we just got it flipped, and we got Aunt May instead. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. 
So I did you... notice one thing on the my final thoughts on the the ship was I thought it was so cool to have been able to say right we're gonna we need you to build a gigantic spaceship. I mean, how much fun! Oh, that would have been so much fun to do. <laughs> but I did notice one thing, mm. and it was another a couple of the. Uh, like the influences, how you say. For me, it did feel like they were influenced by the Nostromo. Yeah. So you had the. Yeah. A lot of the the aesthetics were kind of the same. So like the futuristic looking chairs and all these bits and pieces. It was very dark and grungy and kind yeah. of in, in very industrial looking, which is which is good for a horror ship, for a, uh, should we say but a horror movie ship. The one thing I did notice though was when you look at the Event Horizon ship. Yeah. Oh, it's got the the big space pod at the, the the front, the long the long body, and then you got the like the kind of the wing bits out the side. Mm -hmm. um, it looks very much like a a Romulan ship from Star Trek. If you look at them, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna I, 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 I know I know I know a Romulan I, I know yeah. Star Trek yeah 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 I yeah. noticed that it's when you see the uh, the ship yeah I was sitting looking at going that's a Romulan ship <laughs> that's a Romulan ship. Do you know what it actually is designed like? Uh, no, it's, it's actually designed based on Notre Dame, a cathedral. Oh, I didn't know that. Because every because cathedrals, if you look at them from a bird's eye view, are in the shape of a cross. Oh yeah. Oh, and if you looked at the okay. event horizon from a bird's eye view, it's the shape of a cross. So you've got the bridge at the front, which I guess you could class as the entrance, and you've got the long. I'm going to call it the shaft, <laughs> the shaft of the ship, oh, okay. leading to where the spire would be, which is the control room, and then you've got the two wings on the side. So yeah, it was based on Notre ah. Dame, uh, and I believe there are some designs uh, of this. Uh, 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 Notre Dame. I, I did hear that in one of the, um, uh, what is it? the designs of the ship that there is actually a hidden x-wing in the ship really yeah i'm gonna i'm trying to find it now there's a hidden little hidden um x-wing as part of an antenna array yeah oh, where is it uh model the model of the event horizon includes a complete x-wing from star wars as part of an antenna array the model is visible on the lower portion of the horizon during the first flyby of the Lewis and Clark. Oh my gosh, I have to, I'm trying to find it, but it's proving difficult. Where is it? That's that's a nice little tidbit. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm. The other thing that popped up here was, is there an uncut version of Horizon Horizon? No, no, that's there's what not. That's what everyone asks. <laughs> yeah. But um, as, all in all with the ship, though, I, I really love the design. I think it's I think it's oh, one yeah. of the better I think it's one of the better um, spaceship designs, and I think it would act it would make a great miniature uh, as in a model. Obviously, they use they use miniatures and giant models when um, they were doing the effects for the film, uh, green screen backings, especially when you've got uh, <coughs> pardon me the ship actually separating from the explosion. All that was done by miniatures. It, it's great, I and I think that. that'd be a really cool. To get a scale model of the Event Horizon, I, I'm, I'm talking maybe 600 mil long, 660 centimeters long. That would be really cool. Just you know, 
yeah, it's a really nice design. Um, the thing with the explosions, though, so the design of the ship, obviously, yes, yeah, so you had the bridge at the front and the long shaft, which is, they're just tunnels. They're just yeah. connecting tunnels. There's nothing else to them. They're completely loaded with explosives throughout in case yeah. of somewhat of an emergency and they need to split it and they need to separate the ship. That seems a bit drastic and overkill to include like C4. What what if there's a malfunction or what if someone goes rogue and sets it? Why would you not just have like, I don't know, a train coupling, you know, have a train carriage separates or something like that can uncouple the ship. Like in Star Trek, where the disc can come away from the ship itself. Yep, yep. It exactly. seems so overkill to have C4 everywhere. I think, again, though, it probably was just a sign of the times. It was, you know, it's like, right, we're making a, a space film. We want some explosions. It's like, all right, I'll, uh, I'll lace the deck with explosions and uh, yeah, we'll blow some stuff up. It's his excuse for uh, schlocky action scenes again with big explosions. How can we get big explosions in? Well, we can't get that from the ship just separating. Our... We need... Slow motion. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, uh, Wes An Not Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson would have done this in animation. Yes, <laughs> I think my, my last sort of thoughts on this film is it's not a conventional horror film yeah you know it, it doesn't go out to to jump scare you it's it's a horror film that it's more dealing with the concepts of what if you know and smitty he's great he mentions this so he goes you know it's when thing they realize that things are going wrong and smitty says you've you know you've broken the laws of physics you've bent time you've You've bent space. Why did you not think there could be a consequence here? Yeah. And it's the whole film deals with this. It's right. We've built a ship that can, using a black hole, can effectively take the fabric of reality and go, right, does this to it. Yeah. So it can, it can go somewhere else that they have no idea where it's going. And it is. It's like, right, well, just because we can do that, doesn't necessarily mean we should do that and again you know they they go somewhere they have no idea what's going on surely in the back of their minds they must think right what are the negatives here if we're doing this could it be yeah. there's something on the other <laughs> side that's that's gonna when we appear go oh hang on what's this thing all right let's go have a look at this i think and you yeah, nailed it horrible. nailed it with that quote of just because we can doesn't mean we should yeah, because that I goes mean, for a lot of science nowadays. Yeah. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. And how, like, how did he get funded for this? You think about the logistics yeah. of how he created this. This is a multi-billion-billion-dollar plan. I would say that this was probably a military contract for whatever they. Yeah, but it's and the whole thing about the core is you know it it uses a black hole to do this. So they put a black hole on a ship to bend fabric. And, and even again, it, uh, Stark says it, it's like, you know, you're using a black hole, the most destructive force in the universe. Is this yeah. a good idea? Why on earth did you do this? And I remember a few years ago, the uh, the Stern 
facility in Switzerland. Oh, the, the CERN one, yeah, yeah. The CERN one. We're like, oh, guys, we can create a black hole using this tech. We're going to turn on. And so many people went, no, 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 no. Don't, don't create a black hole on Earth. Yeah. Because if that yeah. goes wrong, <laughs> we're screwed. There, there was, um, when that happened, there was a website going around that you could click on that had a live feed from it. And when you went on it, you, it was a live feed of inside CERN and suddenly something was flashing, something was going wrong and people were, what's going on? Uh -oh. It's confusing. Uh-oh. And then suddenly this, like, explosion happened and a hole opened and it just started getting bigger and bigger and enveloping that oh. camera. And then the next camera went. And I genuinely stopped and looked outside for a second. Because <laughs> yeah. it got me. It got me. It was bullshit. It was completely fake. But it, it oh, okay. got me. Obviously, like, but, it's not real. Yeah. But it, it, again, and it just goes to show it's, it, again, like Smith says, you know, just because you, you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah. And obviously, you know, science, you know, you know, science you know has given us a lot of great things you know it really has but at the same time science also gave us the nuclear bomb so yeah and obviously as you know time goes forward and, you know we look to try and get out amongst the stars and things it does beg the question it's like right what if someone actually built this thing you yeah. must think right before you turn that on have you really thought this through completely because we're going to go somewhere we don't know anything about it we have no idea what's there it could be we land there and yeah. there is some sort of weird parasite that will infect us. And if we bring mm. that back, is that it? Is that game over? Can't go back. And that is why, that is why you can have horror in space because space is terrifying. There could be something out there that's like that, just waiting for us to turn up for it to go, oh, hi there. Yeah, you're mine now. You're fucked. That's a good bookend. That's a good bookend because that's what we started with. That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Very good. We started with, you're fucked. We end with, you're fucked. Yeah. So all in all, I think the best, the way I described it, it's not amazing, but at the same time, it's still great. I, I still like it. it makes, yeah, I... It's an enjoyable I film. I, it, it's good because it, uh, it throughout the whole film it sends you these questions and makes you think, oh, okay, yeah, I never thought about it like that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it asks you some questions that you you think, I mean, you're still thinking about after you watch it. Uh, one last thing I'm going to send to you. Uh, uh, there is a Blu-ray and 4K edition of Event Horizon uh, you can get, but this is a special 4K edition, which you might like. Um, I have to get this. You get with it, it's 150 quid, you get with it a blueprint poster of the event horizon still book oh. art postcards badges uh special oh. features dvd it's a really cool collection and it's region free because oh. it's 4k yeah oh but, that looks so cool but yeah folks if you've not seen it i mean we've probably not described the plot to you very well because we've been a bit everywhere no. and if you've listened to this without seeing it more credit to you but still do go watch it yeah um, it's on netflix and if you have seen it and you've enjoyed this podcast, go watch it again. Because hmm. it is on Netflix, yeah. Right. We can't talk about it next week because it's a mystery. 
Uh, yes, I have to send you a potential film for that. <laughs> um, but much like the Beaster Bunny, it'll be on the yeah. same lines as that. So if you enjoyed the oh, Beaster Bunny, you will hopefully enjoy the next one. But we can't say too much about it. But after that, your Christmas present will be Black Christmas, the OG yes. slasher. Oh, right, yes. let's get the hell out of here. Yep, I'm going to go eat an apple turnover with a cup of yep. tea. So if you want to find this, and all our past content, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon slash Audible, and YouTube, always searching The Dreadcast. Yes. You can send us an email at thedreadcastpodcast at gmail.com. Send us anything. We don't mind. We will yep. read it all. Yeah. You can find us on TikTok at The Dreadcast. You can find us there as well. And you can find us on our own social medias, which are down there. Yes, they're beneath us. Yeah. looking region. And you find Dreadcast on Instagram, the underscore Dreadcast. So, I think we're getting getting tired. We shouldn't record so late. No. I'm going to bed. I'm going going to bed. But until next time. Stay creepy. You did spooky last time.